Hey out there, I'm Rain Phoenix. I am here to share with you that we have a new Patreon page for Launch Left. Launch Left is a podcast, a label, a launch pad for left of center artists. It's an intentional space and an ecosystem to talk about art and activism, to talk about changing the culture and the industry from one of competition to one of kindness and collaboration. And for those of you who've heard the podcast, you know this, we bring on known artists who pick the next great emerging artists and the ones that are a little left to center, the ones that are outside the box, the ones that might not make it to a normal commercial public domain, as it were. And so we're bringing those outside the box thinkers and creators, those who have to create from a space of giving and from a space of passion. And we want to highlight them. So this year in 2020, we launched our label and we released nine new artists this year, including Alika's Attic. And we need your help in continuing to grow our roster and continuing to support our artists through PR and promotion, vinyl production, mastering. There are so many ways that we need some support and we are hoping that you will join our Patreon page and do this, but not just for the label, also for the podcast because, hey, what do you think of this idea of us doing like outside acoustic shows? I really like that idea. I mean, I like to play music outside. It's one of my favorite places to be in nature. So think about that too. It'd be super interesting to have shows outside, but guess what that entails? We need equipment, people, manpower. We need to be socially distanced and COVID safe. These are things that require some support. Now, what do you get? Well, check out our Patreon page and you'll find out. I am really excited to share some content that we have shot and kept behind the scenes for this very reason. So become a patron today. Welcome to Launch Left, an intentional space for art and activism, a podcast, a label, a launch pad for left of center artists, where fame creatives launch emerging bands. My name is Rain Phoenix. Our special guest today is LP. You heard me right. LP is on the show and she's launching Nick Lang. He'll be joining the conversation a bit later. Without further ado, after you rate and subscribe, please welcome LP to the show. What a cool little room you got. How's it going? Okay. What's up? <laughs> Reading your bio was like... It, it, <laughs> Exhausting? <laughs> no, it was actually really... Tedious? <laughs> no, I was thinking there were like, you hit so many launch left Mind markers. Numbing? I was like, wow, oh, yeah. it's just adversity, <laughs> like left to center trajectory, the way, you know, like everything. I was like, oh, yeah. Wow. Well, you know, like, I mean, I could look back on shit now and go like... Well, that tacked on an extra five years to my my journey. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's really fun times. In fact, like, you know, I try to save people that time sometimes, you know, that I know, um, you know, without being inter interfering in their, their own personal journey and all that shit. But uh, I do, I, you know, uh, even recently, not too recently, but like, I felt that kind of thing um, happen uh, with a twist and turn, but it was, it was interesting because I was aware of it and I was um, in, in kind of like, I wouldn't call it a power position. I don't really, you know, I think that's kind of fucked up to like 
think like that, but I, you know, I didn't have any, I didn't really um, have that same need for like um, a label at this particular t- moment in time. And I remember I was just like, I just felt like I chose the wrong partner for something. And then uh, I was like, oh, well, that's going to, you know, I, it was in the States. And, um, and I was like, whoops, that's going to leave a mark. <laughs> you know, like I just know these things that it's like, I'm just like, but you know what? The ultimate, the the grand plan is just um, uh, always worth seeing, you know, because I think that like, I do believe in that. I just like believe there's like a whole, a whole thing going on um, in my life anyway. I don't want to project it onto anybody else's life, but I've seen like some beautiful uh, plans kind of just become realities that like I couldn't even see coming. So. Yeah, as you're talking and saying, you know, you could you can help other artists by shaving off some years of of basically different <laughs> I, I assume as like alternate paths you take on your way to where you're supposed to land, right? And they become perspective, which is invaluable as far as, you know, like I really I think that like, you know, one of the biggest things I was grateful for when I got, you know, to where I want to be like when I got <laughs> but when I got to where I wanted to go, you know, I'm I'm like past where I even thought I could go. But when I got to these places, I was like, oh, shit, it's so much richer of an experience because my perspective of it and how how much I know goes into it and how much I know it could like just not happen by by a fucking, you know, hair. And uh, you're like, wow, that's deep shit. Cool. Yeah, really cool. How did music find you? Music was kind of like always there. You know, uh, and um, I just didn't like I came from a family that it was just like that was like might as well buy a fucking lottery ticket. You know, like everybody was like a lawyer or doctor, you know, and it was just like, that's the way to go. You know, and it's just like, is it, though? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of fucking sad, angry, douchey doctors around that are just like, ah, I wish I would have fucking done music like I wanted to, <laughs> you know? So, uh, and you know, um, and there's, I remember, you know, I remember going on a Grey's Anatomy tear at one point, like a, a binge thing. And I was like, then it was when, when things were like, kind of like, you know, like I was like, um, in between my second and third major label deal, I was, it was right before I really got like a leg up with writing and I was just watching fucking Grey's Anatomy going like, man, I, I fucked up. <laughs> my mom is binge watching that show right now. I guess my question is, was that a difficult way to grow up? Or do you feel that the adversity of that situation, like, you know, your family and where you grew up was trying to mold you to be a doctor or a lawyer. And instead you were like, what music? Do you think that that helped push you further? Oh yeah. And it registered. It just really, really registered in the end of like, you know, um, that that's not the answer. The answer to what you should be doing is inside of you. It's not inside of your parents. It's not inside of your school. It's not inside of your friends. It's inside of you. And that, like like most things, you know, and that is, you know, uh, I'm sorry to sound like such a hippie, but I'm dressed like one today and I feel fucking No, great. I agree. I'm gonna, I'm gonna You're on the right you show. I'm going to read. Hold on. I'm reading from the scripture of, of hippiedom. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, um, I think that it's like, you know, it's something you have to face that's in you and, and, you know, and not everybody's from that kind of family. I mean, you know, being, um, I, uh, 
lesbian singer wasn't really in my parents like you know book of like hey you know what you should be <laughs> Marie you know what you should be I think you should be a lesbian singer what are your feelings <laughs> like you know I mean that's just not something people sit around the dinner table where I'm from and uh it, you know talk about where are you from <laughs> New York I don't even mean where I'm from um as far as on the map I mean like you know um children of immigrants that, you know, come to New York and are like, don't even speak Italian because their parents don't want them to speak Italian because that would be like, you know, um, you know, set them back on the uh, climb up the ladder to, uh, to, to shitville, you know, like there's no, like, there's no answers. You know what I mean? And, uh, I had to like, uh, uh, there's no answers there. <laughs> Did you always know you like girls from like the minute you were conscious? <laughs> You know, I did, I did somewhere in there did, but I, but it was, you know, that was another thing that was not really, um, something that, you know, and it's also, um, to be honest with you, it was like, uh, it's not very like, I don't know. I just don't like, like, um, having to talk about what, you know, what I'm, sexually wanting with people it's not like my you know it's not something that i think you talk about openly you know what i'd really love to do <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> this is weird so uh i you know i didn't really um know and i didn't want to like um face it or talk about it because i just you know i think it also like later on it also was like worried you know worried me if that was like oh god you know it's like it's hard enough being a a singer songwriter but like it seems like there's like one slot every 20 years for a fucking lesbian singer <laughs> like hey there she is let's tackle her and make her huge and nobody else you know um but i think you know there was just a lot of like things to um to digest when i was like kind of growing up for me as far as like who i what i was going to be who i was going to be and um and i didn't see it really much in many places so, I mean, you know, like, like I said, you know, here and there, you know, uh, but I don't know, you know, gym class <laughs> teacher. Hi. Oh, look, that's cool. There's one, <laughs> you know, but I didn't, didn't like, you know, really, um, really help. It does seem that you're, um, very self-possessed always. Is that a right <laughs> assessment? Like that you knew, you uh, know, that you kind of knew who you were and were going to stand up for that regardless of kickback um, or? Kind of quietly, I guess, inside. Yes. I just like, you know, like exude, my, my game is a uh, exude confidence on the outside, freak out on the inside, you know, it's like, um, so I mean, that was my plan always, <laughs> my devilish scheme to, um, yeah, it was like, it, it was, it's brutal. It still is brutal. I mean, you know, right now I got like, there's a lot, there's some shit hot off the presses in here going, don't stop saying that. It's like, I, you know, I'm just, I'm explaining how I used to feel when you like finally get to like a, that, even, you know, the smallest um, bit of like, the, of what it is to be, um, a known person that does music, <laughs> you know, and then you go through like all the people that have ever done it and all the people that are way ahead of you and like how much work it takes and how much, you know, and how difficult it is and, and how, you know, it's, it's not, and it might be easier for some people, but I feel like it's still hard no matter what, you know? And then and that's why so many people get like fucked up, you know? Um, and it's, it's a, it's, um, it, and, and just making your passion, your work is another like kind of, I think, head trip 
as far as things go because you know it just becomes a thing that like it becomes your job and then you have to um show up to your job and you know keep like you know like um making progress and all that stuff you know it's a it, it it's a it's a tough thing i think you could you know easily in a day like you know some days talk yourself out of it you know can i go back to how music found you and what i meant by that is like like what was your first memory of when music like transformed you and you thought i want to you know i want to explore this this is it for me you know what what was that turning point for you i don't know the exact moment but i just think like it became this thing where i just felt like like i said i wasn't from a family that encouraged that so um so I, every time i would sing something people would kind of go like it's eh, good <laughs> and uh I'd, I'd be like and but it was consistent you know and um i remember thinking you know maybe like so can you just do that you know can you just start singing <laughs> for real and um yeah it just came upon me slowly and you know, really, I think that um, songwriting became like this thing for me where I just felt like it's so, and it still is in a way. I I think even some like really, really um, kind of like musically erudite kind of composers would even say that um, it is mystical, you know, The, 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 when a song like works, there's like a mystical thing, in my opinion, that comes into the room and makes it um a great song on top of you know um craft and theory and shit like that you know but but i do think um it also can be like just like something that i know plenty of songwriters that can't write any music including myself um you know as far as notes and all that and can't read um but uh i think that you know it's definitely a, a, a magical um place that it comes from and i feel like uh it, it's like all creativity and writing and i think that it's um this ability to receive and uh and i and i feel like i caught on to that as far as i caught the bug of the songwriting thing and it took me a while to find my um you know my own unique style and voice of songwriting um but it was definitely worth it you know um but and a lot of it came from um from writing for other people like in this in this time there was this two-year period like i was talking about between the uh you know during in between when i was watching Grey's anatomy (laughs) i had to watch Grey's anatomy and then i i could write songs for the next eight hours after that but um i um but like so i it was like between those record deals and i i got a publishing deal and i thought that that was all there was i was going to be a songwriter for other people i didn't i didn't even know that the um you know for people who do know my career i didn't even know the warner brothers um deal and like into the wild and all that and uh forever for now the record and forward from that was coming i just thought boom i'm a songwriter and in that time i feel like i really kind of started to understand songwriting more and more and and started to expand my my capacity for like genres and stuff you know um before that, I feel like I was always trying to sound like what I thought I wanted to or what they wanted me to. You know, I mean, that's one of the reasons why my first three years in the major label system didn't work is because, I mean, that's when I wrote 140 songs that like, you know, one got picked up by the Backstreet Boys, blah, blah, blah. But that's when I really focused on songwriting. 
to the extent where it's just like, you know, I, I didn't even think about when one was done. I was like, that's it. Next. <laughs> Cause it was just what I was, you know, this is a theory, so you can shoot this down or not. But because, you know, you sort of turned, you pivoted like your idea of who you were as an artist to a songwriter, right? Where you, you had that moment where you're like, you know what, maybe this is my, this is why I'm yeah. here is to write songs for others. Do you think that that like freed up your, you know, channel, like you were saying before, where it's just kind of like we do, we're sent messages and we transmute them, that that kind of let you be you as an artist because you finally took the pressure off yourself. You were like, okay. Totally. And I took the pressure off myself in so many ways because it was just like, you know, on the major labels, you know, as, as the artist, it was always like, you know, well, what is gonna, what's going to, what's going to be your style? Like, what's going to be your like style of music? What, what is she going to look like when she goes out there? How are we going to prepare the whole, you know, I mean, I, I still go through that now, you know, even when I'm like releasing a record, I got to figure out, you know, what the hell the, uh, you know, the um, uh, creative direction is going to be and all that shit, you know, and this was like just right songs. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, so I, it doesn't matter, you know, um, you can roll out of bed, just roll the studio. That's how I started playing ukulele, in fact, because I just thought it was fun, a fun thing to bring to the studio, especially in um, my kind of like more like kind of um, like urban sessions that were like, you know, uh, pop, like kind of like dance kind of shit and all that. And I, I felt like, you know, you'd have this crazy track running. And then, um, you know, when you would get the, when we would get the melody down and I just get the chords and uh, sit in the corner and like work on lyrics with it, with a ukulele, just for fun and just to clear my head from the doom, doom, doom. <laughs> And so, so, but I was re, yeah, I was re uh, working my whole, um, how I was gonna do this. And, um, and it felt, it felt really great for a while. And I have to say, I got lucky that it was just shy of two years. And then my own artist's career started like going again. But, um, but it was because I think at the end of that, I would have gotten like, I think I needed, you know, I'm very lucky now because I can like, you know, fucking shed in the, in the writing room and, and write all these songs. And then I get to like take a break and go out and play them for people. And, uh, and it really helps. It's a really good turn of my kind of wheel and I don't have to, you know, feel all bunged up. Yeah. Speaking of uh, your music and newer music, you just put out a single, the one that you love, in July, right? With that ep epic video on horseback, so cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that video—that's what I'm talking. Like creative direction, like you know, that's like my guy, uh, uh, Darren Craig. Um, you know, he's he floated the fucking horse thing, and we were like, that's a great idea, you know, because we, we were talking about doing something in the car. Cause we were trying to figure out something that was simple, that was just like just me and the, you know in the uh, COVID era. And, uh, but then, you know, when I, um, when he said the horse and I was just like, oh, that's, that's like a great idea, you know? And I, I rode when I was a kid, my mom rode a lot, had a horse. And so I was like, you know, I, I, I knew what I was doing slightly on one. I hadn't ridden in a while, but it just felt like such a um, vibe, you know, it was cool. Horses are amazing and they are to be respected. I've had a pretty oh, totally. horrible They're horse majestic. fall. And, the, and at the same time, I've had the most wonderful times ever on horses. Yeah. You, you fell in? You fallen off a horse? Yeah, I had a pretty bad accident. I was training for a movie no. where I played a cowgirl and I had to like, <gasps> yeah. Oh and no. I, and it was. You had to do the whole get right back up literally thing. Yeah, I, I couldn't because I thought I broke my back. Let's put it that way. It was oh. a gnarly fall. 
but oh, I man. did survive it and I went on to do the film. So I did have to, like you said, get back on the horse, you know, in yeah. a sense, eventually. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, my mother got kicked in the face by her horse, but not with the hoof. <laughs> thank God. Oh, thank God. Um, she got hit with the elbow, kind of like a, a like, oh, yeah. uh, she was, she was walking him to the meadow across the street to ride and she, um, got fucking this, this car came by a Camaro. Fucking Camaro. <laughs> anyway, so she got just <laughs> spooked the horse and she got kicked and uh it was pretty brutal. And he was like a gigantic eighteen hand fucking thoroughbred horse. And uh I was um and, and and she was like she was like even smaller than I am, which is not that small, which is small. She was like five two or something like that. <laughs> um mm. I have a question we always ask, which is what is your form of activism? <sighs> Well, I mean, you know, I'm always for uh, LGBTQ rights and, and that's always like a thing. You know, I just like my, my sheer existence feels like I'm, you know, um, intrinsically uh, wound in that whole thing. But I, you know, I mean, I'm, I feel like my biggest thing is um, equality, you know, and, um, and something for everybody. And, and I, and I, and you know, and being inclusive and not being, um, you know, I think until everyone's equal, none of us are free at all, you know? And, and so, I mean, and that's, I've always felt like that. And, uh, you know, um, I just like, I just like, I think it's hard sometimes for someone like uh, me to wrap, it's hard for me to wrap my head around that people have a problem with, um, the color of your skin or who you fuck or, um, you know, what God you believe in. It's like, it's because I just don't, you know, I mean, I may not believe in the same God. I, I just believe in like, you know, a ubiquitous God that's, you know, out there that loves everybody, you know, um, and, you know, maybe it's old fashioned like that, but I, I don't believe in organized religion for myself, but I'm, you know, I'm very, uh, I'm very into, people practicing whatever like makes them you know whatever moves them um i don't you know as far as um actual activism uh i feel like you know i just i feel like i'm just kind of like garden variety kind of person like that you know and just like you know go to the protest like you know um uh donate and do all the things but you know i'm always like kind of i have my on my places that i contribute to and uh, but I, I kind of like keep it like I want to be as inclusive as I can, you know, in, in my in my climb. And I'm so um, kind of in a lot of countries, I'm really out there. And I think that, like, you know, we're just always like kind of trying to help people get their, their equality in their own places just through uh, kind of being an example. Yeah, it's learned behavior to hate or to, mm-hmm. you know, for, yeah. for these like pointless reasons, right. That we've created yeah. these sort of ideas of like, you know, you know, the things that make people sexist and racist and, you know, all, all the ways that we harm others. I think when we were born and when we grew up and we were little kids before anyone got to us, we knew that we were all the same. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And so that's so beautiful to just say that out See. loud, because I think that's a big yeah. thing to think about. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, you know, I mean, the hardest part is that it's not right to, um, you know, like, I would never, I, I don't think this way. And I, I would never be like, hey, because I'm a woman, because I'm a lesbian, I know what it's like to be like, you know, 
put down. I mean, you know, the hardest thing is that I don't, you know, I, I do in my sphere, like, you know, sexism, you know, uh, people being, you know, anti-gay or whatever, but like, you know, racial equality is our, you know, our biggest hurdle. And it, and I mean, it, it will be until it's not there anymore. And it's just, and it's so much to go back on, you know, I'm not saying it's, you know, it's not about other inequalities, but I mean, you know, I mean, you live here, we're, we're in the shit right now. And we've been in the shit, you know, we've never been, you know, this country is, you know, I love this country, you know, but it's founded on, you know, a lot of bullshit, a lot of lies, a lot of, a lot of, um, kind of racist behavior and inequality and, it's just a uh, time to unravel it. You know? 100%. So. And that takes me to how close we are, you know, to the election. Um, but before it even took me there, what I started thinking <laughs> about was that um, it's really, you're right. We're, we're in it right now. But like you said, we have always been in it. And somehow something that's wonderful is that, People have been fighting yeah. for racial equality for as long as this has been a country. And it's yeah. well, interestingly enough, it's almost like your trajectory. I'm going to use your trajectory as a metaphor. You made a bunch of records before millions of people knew who you were. Yeah. And then you made yeah. a record and suddenly billions of people know who you are. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that- the trick is not going away. And that's why, you know, um, we can't, we, you know, we can't and won't settle for, um, for this and 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 I don't know whether to like you know oh I know I hate him but like you know sometimes I feel like we should thank someone like Trump for like bringing it so bubbling to the surface with like it's just unbelievable you know and 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 for drawing all the 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 horrible fuckheads out you know that that can't go back in after yeah, this you know I agree um, and it sucks because I'm so like mercurial I could be like I could read one article and be like yes, we're good. We're fine. We're good. And then read another one and be like, how are we not, how are people voting for this, you know, person? I just, it's just like, it's wild. And, uh, um, so, but, uh, and I, and I think that it's, it's kind of, it's ruining like a lot of people's perception of, of what's right and wrong. Um, in a way, not maybe not ruining it, but really testing it, <laughs> you know, and and having to go back in time and seeing, you know, um, people we even thought were running things properly that were doing things that weren't right, you know. It's like you know, equivalent to like going back and being like hearing all these supposed great things about a founding father and being like he owned slaves. It's like where do you begin? It's like it's like speaking of like like can we just go back <laughs> to like when Native Americans lived here and just yeah. be like, hey Can we start can over? We, you guys run everything and uh can we live over here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. Um, well and I think that's a really good point is, you know, just the law that of cause and effect. Like irregardless, you know, of of anything that we do now, if we're not aware of that first moment where we, you know, raped, pillaged and murdered the indigenous tribes on this continent, then we'll never get it right. Do you know what I mean? And like you said, we can't give up and we have to fight, but we have to go all the way back too. you know what I mean? Starting obviously with black lives matter, because that is, it's inclusive of 
everything else. And that's what I really love about it is like, you know, it isn't, I think a lot of confusion around like, why is it Black Lives Matter? It's because actually that's the most inclusive of everything else, because that's the thing that's been hidden, you know, yeah, in our Western on culture. Us and our souls and, 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 you know, what we, what we hope to um, achieve in this life. You know, I want I don't know what, you know, it's just like, it goes down to like, you know, another thing I'm really, um, passionate about is the environment you know it's just like what are we like how how are the people that don't care about these issues and and they all have kids and grandkids and where where those people go where are your relatives going after this if you don't you know agree on these issues i mean you know trump it's different because he's just a psychopath who doesn't care about anyone you know he's going to be like um What's that old movie with Patrick Swayze and uh, Ghost? You know, when the uh, person dies and just those like black, um, shadowy figures just come in like, like the terrible ghouls and they pull them down into hell. That's what that's what's going to happen. I mean, I hope that actually happens when he loses. I do want to talk about Nick Lang. How did you find that kid? Um, I found him through uh, my um, my. Uh, one of my writing partners and my producer, um, Mike Del Rio, uh, who's an amazing artist himself, has a band called Powers and his own shit. And uh, he signed Nick Lang and um, he was always like, you know, we got to write with Nick Lang. We should write with him. And um, I was like, yes, <laughs> let's do it. And um, so I think the first song we wrote is a song that um, I, I think is on my record. I'm not sure. Um but uh, we just like wrote something dope right away. And, and he's just like a muso guy. I mean, the guy's like an amazing musician, um, plays, sings and all that stuff. And um, he's just like uh, like an artist through and through. And I, I love his stuff, you know. Cool. Well, thank you. And let's welcome him to the show, shall we? Nick. Boop. Hello. Are you in South <laughs> Africa right now? No, I'm actually um, quite far from South Africa. I'm in downtown Los Angeles right now. Although I was, yeah, I was born in South Africa. That's where I was I was born. But I got to America when I was nine, you know. But um, so I was a little one when I got here. But I was homeschooled my whole life and kind of, you know, lived in a little bit of a bubble a little bit. So I still have a little bit of the accent, I think, from that and everything. <laughs> I, I know what that's like, homeschooled your whole life. I, that was me, too. Oh really? Yeah. Wow, nice. Yeah, I love. I'm <laughs> Me a too. Of it. I got I, to be I, I, as whoever I was. Seems like such a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, what's amazing? What's amazing about being homeschooled is that if you are like a a kid and you want to pursue a weird interest or something that might be quirky, there's no threatens of like being bullied about that so there's no self-awareness that oh this is dumb or oh this genre of music is silly oh don't listen to this thing you need to listen to what's cool and so I found myself going down a lot of just creative rabbit hole interests you know and that kind of I'm benefiting from t today you know where I learned yeah. to, you know, I was listening to a lot of peculiar things but if I went to school I would have wanted to fit in and be like oh no I must listen to this because this is what's cool everyone's you know so I'm very grateful for being homeschooled and I'm you know I, I feel the effects of it you could kind of tell now I didn't know you were homeschooled I went to Montessori school <laughs> what's that that's like uh I don't freaking know it's like it's basically just like kind of like a different way of learning and it's like a, not as uh regimented and not as um you know uh 
you kind of do like you kind of do whatever you want. You still have other kids there though. Yeah. So other kids are going, Ew, that's gross. <laughs> You're lame. Teasing but and no, bullying. It's like, yeah. It doesn't yeah, yeah, go yeah, it stuff. doesn't go yeah. like, makes you strong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look how far you've come. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. I mean, you know, it's like listen, like his way, like you get on stage and you're just all that it is that you already know what people are saying. <laughs> like nice pants. Yeah. Yeah. Shit like that. Like you're just like you're just like not aware of it. You're just like like it. Yeah. Too I much positive my reinforcement. My too mom much loves freedom. my pants, and that's all that matters. <laughs> the dog loves my pants. <laughs> exactly. Um. So LP was sharing with me a little bit that you guys work together on some songs or write, write, write together sometimes and was gushing just about what a cool um, artist you are. And I'd actually yeah. heard about you from um, Scary Pool Party. Alejandro Aranda also is a big fan of yours. Such a sweet guy. I actually met him on the street in LA. I was in, I was in, uh, I think I was uh, in Los Feliz or something. I was going to a blue bottle. Actually, I can't remember exactly where the blue bottle was. And this like super sweet kid came up to me. He's like, "Hey man, I like love your music and all that." And it was all this. And he was so kind. And it just you know that just meant the world to me. And then I think he followed me on Instagram the next day. And then we like talked a little bit. And I saw, you know, his talent and just like, he's amazing. And and he's really he's really so sweet and, and and so talented. And I was so happy to have bumped magically bumped into him and like you know started that connection. Yeah. Um... So we're happy to have you on the show because we've heard about you. It's been with you. Your name has been whispered a few times on Launch Lab. Thank you. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, I want to go back though. what you just said where you were a vessel. This is something that LP brought up and something that I truly believe is probably the most inspired uh, whenever I've vessel. written a song. It's like, you know, when you're like, I'm a channel and it just comes through. Yeah. It's really weird. And when I say it, I kind of feel kind of insecure because I feel like. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I feel like I'm saying, oh, I am this thing. But in a way, it's kind of almost the opposite, where it's almost like you're not even the equation. You have to just get out of, your, out of the way to allow this thing, which is almost already a thing. You're just, you're kind of, it's like, I kind of think about it like you're a, you're a sculpture working on like a marble piece. And you have to just imagine that the horse is in there and cut away the thing. <laughs> I mean that that dick's not going to show itself. You got to show itself. You got to chisel that dick out. But the dick is there. You got to believe that the dick is there. <laughs> well, that dick was always there, man. That's the dick is the always there. Part about it. Just got to ah. find where it is. Yeah. And when so. you get to it, you're like, whew. <laughs> Hopefully not that. But. <laughs> that is the danger of being an artist and mistaking your conduit ability, like just that you happen to be this conduit, you happen to be this channel for your awesomeness thinking it's yeah. you like you're just this channel that it's coming through that's when like often i think like no. uh success goes wrong usually something happens that is a negative for that person you know like the ego overtakes the art i don't know about the negative part but like you know because i see people that don't that don't, i feel like they just keep going <laughs> with that but i think just for yourself it's like you know it, there has to be some kind of like kind of grace and some kind of you know oh my gosh i'm so lucky to do it <laughs> yeah all the time. i think also um i think people probably would recognize what are their gifts as being able to receive you know mm -hmm. like a chosen person that's able to receive and and treat it like that you know i'm not saying i do i just 
you know, I mean, being like making yourself ready to receive is, you know, I mean, I'm in that kind of mood today. So, but it's like, you know, it's like the, um, the, the, uh, the lube, if you will, <laughs> of the, uh, the spiritual lube. That yeah. Allows the, uh, well, it's the intentional, right? It's, it's intentional. <laughs> That's important is intentionality. That's what launch left is kind of yeah. about is making a space intentionally where artists help each other. You know, I think a lot of like young artists, like don't like have someone to talk to. It's like, you know, there's no like a uh, guidance counselor for music, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, if you get any, any, like, you know, level of success, you know, I think it's always kind of a, a nice thing to kind of try to give back and um, help somebody kind of figure out where the hell they're going or, or just, you know, talk and ask questions, you know, like I, I always wanted to like talk to somebody, you know, like if you could have like, you know, if I could have lunch with like Jeff Buckley or Kurt Cobain, I would be like, uh, so what? <laughs> you know, what you and you a lot of other people. <laughs> Right. Yeah. But I like that what you're sharing or what I'm hearing is that you're a mentor artist. You're kind of like, hey, from experience, maybe I can help a younger artist like Gip having to go through stuff. You know, it's quite interesting because, you know, someone who's been that for me has been Mike Del Rio, who, Mm. you know, works on all of um, LP stuff. You know, we I met him like five, almost like five years ago and he was someone that was kind of like my older brother creative type of thing and so I I came across all these like natural blocks and self things and he was kind of able to help me you know kind of overcome a lot of them and he kind of taught me that you should always be mentored with someone and no matter what level you're at like be mentoring someone else as well you know even if you're a beginner something helping someone else and I think that energy fluidity is so important yeah I mean, like the spiritual concept is like basically like, you know, help someone else get whatever it is you want. It's like a definite, um, like I want to say a tool, but it it definitely helps to kind of put things in place. I love that. Yeah, that's 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 beautiful. Thank you again for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, I'm LP and the artist I'd like to launch is Nick Lang. Okay, this is gonna. This is a new song called "Walking Home to You," and uh, um, it's, it's on my album "Lemons," and I hope you like it. It's a very special song to me. But I don't care anymore But I 
Thank you so much.
Launch Left aims to create an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice, but a necessity. Launch Left begins with music, but its ultimate aim is to launch left-of-center artists in all creative fields. <laughs>